Imagine, the creator of the universe has a purpose for your life. How would you like to seek out this God, ask the hard questions, and grow deeply in Him? Welcome to the Life on Purpose podcast, where together we will explore Him more fully. The Life on Purpose podcast, brought to you by Skyline Church of Christ. Welcome to the Life on Purpose podcast. We are so excited to be back and back in the studio. We have a really exciting episode today. I have a friend of mine, Mr. Mark Steiner, in the studio with me today. Um, Mark, welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Jordan. It's good to be here. Well, um, well... My history with Mark, when I first came to Skyline, I was a part of his Young Professionals small group. That's how I got introduced to him and got to know him. Mark, start off and kind of tell us how you and your wife and your family came to Skyline and just kind of tell us your history with our church. Well, Carolyn and and I and our two kids came to Jackson um, in 2006, so we've been here about 15 years now, and uh, found Skyline very quickly as our as our home, as our church home, and uh, have enjoyed worshiping here ever since. And uh, it's a it's a great spirit filled body. Absolutely, um, and I do understand you have previously served on the missions committee. Kind of tell me about your experience serving on that committee. Yeah, that is that has been a very fulfilling uh, uh, bit of service that uh, Carolyn and I both uh, participated in. Uh, we had been at Skyline for I don't know three or four years, and were asked to serve on the missions committee, and uh, served there for I don't know ten or ten or eleven years, up until uh, I think it was about last year that we uh, begged off of that and uh, went on to do some other things. But uh, it. Uh, it, it was in, enlightening and, uh, and helpful to us, uh, having served on that committee. Absolutely. I think that's just a wonderful service, and we appreciate all that y'all did um, while you were on that committee. Um, and, you know, uh, the first thing I thought about when I thought of having you on the podcast is just your passion and your just zeal for the missions in our city and just even globally. Do you mind telling me your history with involvement in missions? How did your passion for that begin? And what did your path to understanding what that looks like? Um, how did that look like? Well, before we came to Jackson, we lived in Florida, central Florida. And uh, uh, we encountered several hurricanes. And our first opportunity to go out and help other people came with hurricane relief. Mm. So we'd grab our chainsaw and, and go help people and, and do it all in the name of Jesus. Um, uh, before we came to Jackson, we spent a year in North Georgia. And uh, it was the year that Hurricane Katrina hit. Mm. And they needed a lot of help. And it was the year after Katrina hit that we went to a, uh, an event or actually work that was called Gino, Jesus in New Orleans. And we took our youth group there. And it was really our first immersion into mission. They not didn't just try to gut houses, but they did it very intentionally in the name mm-hmm. of Jesus. And it had an amazing impact on us uh, spiritually and, and, and really got us uh, liking missions. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, Matthew 28, Jesus tells us to go and Absolutely. make disciples. And so that uh, was our first uh, real venture in, in going and doing. 
Wow. So, I mean, just hurricane relief in general, I'm sure there's just a lot of needs that can be met there, just physical needs and emotional needs. And I think that's a really good introduction. Um, how, what about currently? Where, where has that passion led you now in your life? Um, I, uh, Carolyn and I, about five years ago, um, I quit a perfectly good job at Freed Hardeman, and the Lord put it on our heart to go and, and work in, in Haiti. And so uh, we uh, we went there and, and lived there for about six months and got to see a third world country that was uh, uh, really uh, a God forsaken country. Mm-hmm. And I can explain more about that, but there's a lot of voodoo and, and Jesus is, is the only solution to what's going on there. Mm-hmm. And so for us to have been there and to be able to show people light over darkness or hope over despair or being fed versus being hungry, um, it really demonstrated to us um, the depth of how Christianity can rescue people from a very um, oppressed situation Mm -hmm. and how open to the gospel people can be who don't otherwise know. Jesus. So that was very fulfilling. Mm-hmm. Uh, more recently, our work is more local, and so mm-hmm. we're we're serving where we can. Um, we're involved in Women of Hope. Sit on the board of uh, uh, the executive board there, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, watching God work in the lives of people that are caught in the trap of drug and alcohol addiction, and how He rescues them. And so that's very missional mm-hmm. for us uh, in that regard. Well, I mean, your story is just, you just encapsulate that that word go. I mean, you take that very seriously and you live that out in your life. So I guess my question is just as simply as you can, how would you describe missions? Um, you know, it's funny in preparing for this, I, I said, how would I answer that question? Um, and I kind of summarized it into, into three kind of three different categories of, of what missions might look like. One, there's affirmational missions. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going and affirming and showing uh, the love of Jesus. Uh, the work that we do at, uh, here at Skyline with Soup Kitchen or Room in the Inn or um, any disaster relief um, really speaks to the calling or the scripture where Jesus says, when I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. And mm-hmm. when I was hungry, you fed me. And when I was, you came to visit me. You know, the whole the whole bit. And so mm-hmm. missions can be affirmational, one. That's one way I'd describe it. Mm-hmm. Missions can also be evangelical. Mm-hmm. And that's where we're out there with our Bibles and, and talking about the gospel of Jesus Christ very directly. Um, and spreading that good news uh, to them. Uh, prison ministries might be an example, even locally, of where men or women um, that are in prison uh, need to hear the gospel. Um, women of Hope, that's a very big part of how they, how they recover, is mm-hmm. they do it in the name of Jesus, and they hear the gospel. So evangelical missions is, uh, is one way. Um, and again, back to Matthew 28, that's, mm-hmm. that's go, therefore, and, and make disciples. And so second category of the way I describe missions is, is being, uh, uh, being evangelical in nature. And then the third and last one is kind of experiential mm-hmm. missions, mm-hmm. Um, where we're going out and actually serving others. Um, 
there's discussion, I know, different feelings about short-term missions. Mm -hmm. But uh, I described earlier our work at, at, uh, at Gino in New Orleans. It was a one-week mission trip. And one may say, what can you get done in one week? And uh, quite frankly, the experience that we gained mm -hmm. is what fostered a drive to do yes. more. And so, you know, Jesus can work in those who are being served or those who are serving. And Amen. so any of those three categories can, uh, can, can certainly, you know, address or begin to define how I would describe missions. Absolutely. I've always thought, you know, a lot of those missions are just as impactful on the youth groups or the the churches, whoever's government is just as impactful as the on the members of the church than those that you're serving because like you said, it's it's teaching and it's showing Jesus and how he took care of his people. Yes. Um in a real life way. Absolutely. You've had a lot of really great examples about how the Bible um references how we are to go and love our neighbors. Um, what do you think the Bible has to say about approaching others and loving your neighbor well? I mean, specifically, what does the story of the Good Samaritan speak to you about the importance of giving of your own resources and having a buy-in with people and investing in the people you are discipling? <laughs> you know, that story is kind of interesting in that how uh, when Jesus is having this interaction with this individual, um, I think he asked, what must I do to be saved? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, love God and love your neighbor. And the response was, well, who's my neighbor? Mm -hmm. I really think that's something to pause on, <laughs> on that particular parable, uh -huh. that particular story. Because we, we have to ask ourselves, who is our neighbor? Mm -hmm. I wonder if Jesus was saying, Okay, you're the neighbor. Immerse yourself into this story and put yourself in, in as the neighbor. Mm. And, uh, and so that's the first thing that, uh, you know, I would, I would encourage us to do in, in approaching others as our neighbors is, first of all, be a neighbor. Mm -hmm. And then second of all, go and, and do for that neighbor. Mm -hmm. Meet them on their grounds and uh, and and be that Samaritan that that story so eloquently uh, describes. Mm -hmm. I mean, it says love your neighbor as yourself. Like that second part of that is, you we, know, we need to ponder what that what that what that really means. What does that mean? Yeah, so. and then do it. <laughs> Taking that formula that the the. The Bible gives us, um, love your neighbor as yourself. I think of, you know, specifically um, the ways that I see that played out in fundraising banquets and short-term mission trips, long-term mission trips. Um, how do you think those are effective in speaking into the lives of the people we're trying to help? Um, first of all, regarding fundraising, um, money is needed to do the work of the Lord. And it's mm -hmm. biblical, taking up a collection. Paul called for that as he did his missionary journeys, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so um, the fundraising banquets or fundraising efforts, they're really just the means to right. an end. Means to an end. Now, if my gift is generosity, mm -hmm. um, I need to be joyfully giving generously toward that. And if I'm not going to Haiti and serving, that's okay because that's not my gift. Correct. And so 
fundraising and the, the financial side of things are, are very effective and they're very necessary and there's a place for the people in the body if that's their gift of generosity mm-hmm. to be a part of that or anybody for that matter to give of their their means whatever they are you know regarding short-term mission trips I, I kind of alluded to that mm-hmm. uh, earlier um, that it does it, it, it is effective um, in that it does have an impact on the one that goes and serves mm-hmm. um, but exerting a random act of senseless kindness mm-hmm. <laughs> to somebody who's in need means a lot. And so those short-term missions, as with long-term missions, are, and I'll talk more about that maybe later. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll get into that. But they're, they're effective, and they're right to do. Right. Mm-hmm. So... Um... I'm just I'm thinking specifically about Christianity and our church here. Um, if we're meant to be loving our neighbor as ourselves, what holds us back? Why why aren't we living that out? It's <laughs> a tough question. That's good. <laughs> um, let me let me uh, let me answer it by beginning what I observed when I was in Haiti. Please do. Yeah. These are poor people. They're arguably the poorest people in the Western Hemisphere, and they're a shorter plane trip uh, from Miami than Memphis is to Atlanta. Wow. They're close. And uh, at the end of the worship, we would have a bag of... uh, We'd have a bag of... uh, Yeah, it kind of chokes me up. Mm. We'd have a bag of crackers, right, that we would give out the the adults and the kids, especially the kids. And it was really cool to see the kids. They were hungry, right? In fact, a lot of them came just to get something to eat, a pack of crackers or whatever else we could serve them. But invariably, they wouldn't eat them all because Mm -hmm. they had somebody back in their village that needed to eat. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when when you ask the question... You know, we're meant to be loving to our neighbor. Why aren't we? I think it's harder to give and to do enough when you have a lot. Um, It seems like the more we have, the less we share. And perhaps that's why Jesus said it's difficult for the rich to enter the Mm -hmm. kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, why aren't we more loving and generous and and, uh, missionary to our neighbors Perhaps it's because we're distracted by our the bounty that's before us, and Satan uses it as a means by which to stand in the way of the gospel. And that's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. So we have to resist that mm-hmm. that uh, bounty and uh, and go and and do. It sounds like to me that the trip to Haiti that your family took was very impactful in your life and very you know life changing. Can you just describe to me coming off that plane and then coming back to, hmm. you know, the opulence that we have here? Did, was it gut-wrenching or did you feel, like, guilty? Yeah, there's that's, that's, a, that's a good question. Um, yeah, we spent about four or five months in Haiti. So mm-hmm. we came and went. Uh, we went there and came home on several occasions. And... Uh, I mentioned earlier how it's a God-forsaken country and how the solution to Haiti and a lot of other areas is the the light of Jesus. Mm -hmm. 
it was weird when we would get on the plane in Haiti and it would literally lift off the ground and there was this feeling of relief because the forces of evil, mm-hmm. we were escaping that. It's, right. It was crazy. The spiritual battles that are going on, especially for missionaries that are trying to, to turn people on to the, to the Word of God. And then when we get home, it was so, it, it changed our perspective so much. Um, certainly we appreciated the things that we had. Uh, but yeah, there was a, a feeling of guilt that says, wow, you know, I, I wonder what Chinello is, is eating tonight. Or I wonder right. what Pastor Sargess is, you know, doing or, you know, all these kids and whatnot. So yeah, there was a, there was a guilt factor. And uh, um, it, it, it just opened our eyes to how if you've, if you've not been and you don't have that perspective, how it's hard to understand right. the contrast. So we were blessed to have been there, to understand the contrast, and to know we need to fight constantly against being immersed into the luxuries of the things we have here, living in a first world country while others do not have it. Absolutely. In dealing with missions globally, like in Haiti, as you spoke about, or even locally here in Jackson, there's an aspect of just being immersed in other people's pain and suffering and just having that sorrow that they are feeling that you are now helping them with or trying to meet them where they're at. Um, so as Christians, how do we need to equip ourselves to be able to deal with other people's pain and suffering? There is so much gratitude and joy to be gained by walking along someone who is going through a difficult time, whether they're homeless or hungry or caught in the caught in drug and alcohol addiction. Um, when you have the hope that yeah. Jesus brings, wow. that's the focus. And yeah. so it's not so much on the grief that other people are enduring. Yes, it's sad, it's difficult, it's angering. Um, but you you carry in your hands the Word of God mm-hmm. that's far better than the cure for cancer. Mm-hmm. And so when you, when you have the cure, when you have the solution, mm-hmm. uh, you work through the, their pain and their suffering, and uh, it becomes motivational to say, oh, let me tell you that. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you about Jesus, right. and uh, or just let me walk with you. You know about Jesus, and let me just be his hands and feet so that you can reconnect with him. Absolutely. I think, I mean, we're so easily distracted by the things of this world and the sorrow of this world, and I think as Christians we need to be reminded the power of Jesus, and the name of Jesus does change everything. It may not change our circumstances or the people that we're connecting with, their circumstances. But like you said, that hope, that word hope changes everything. And I mean, it that's encouraging for me to think about when I am meeting these people where they're at in their sorrow. There's that hope in the name of Jesus to, to meet them there. It doesn't have to be me. It's it's Jesus meeting them there. You you said it spot on. That is, there's there's power in the name of Jesus. No Absolutely. Doubt. I'm thinking about you know locally here in Jackson. Um, we're you know we're trying to be 
intentional in loving our neighbor, how, how would you suggest how important it is to learn and function within the communities we live in? How, how would you describe that importance? It is critical. I mentioned earlier I was on the missions committee, and one of the books that we read was Toxic, Char- Toxic Charity by Robert Lupton. And uh, his understanding of, 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 God, of spreading the gospel and being missional uh, was through immersion. He would find himself moving into the neighborhoods that nobody else wanted to live in because Jesus was needed there. Mm-hmm. And he knew that unless he lived there, he can't just show up and be effective at spreading the gospel. And so he chose to move his family there and doing it. Um, so it's very important. Um, relationships, relationships, relationships are, are critical. Mm-hmm. Um and they, they are established through immersion where we find ourselves in. We get to know people's names. We don't just serve them a plate of food, but we get from behind the counter. We sit down, we eat with them, mm-hmm. and we get to know about them. And, uh, and they get to know about us, and, and it's all done in the name of Jesus. So very intentional immersion um, is a very effective way of doing what's very important in our neighborhood. A lot of areas there. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's that passion I was talking about. Right. I mean, when I when I think about this question, I mean, I think you see a need in your community and you desire to fill that gap. Um, it's You're not going to fill the gap in the name of Jesus without building that relationship because Jesus is relational. You know, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are and just by by design, they're relational. So he desires and he, you know, commands that we're out there building relationships. So you're not going to fill the gap without feeling the relationship needs first. That's right. While you're out there building relationships, there's a lot of programs in place. There's a lot of um, just different committees, different things going on. So how do we avoid the programs we're involved in and that we're creating? How do we avoid these programs becoming the point instead of the relationships? (laughs) Um, I may get a little bit of hmm with this answer. (laughs) I'm going to say it anyway. Do it. If you're doing something and you're wanting it posted on Facebook, then you're likely not doing it to the glory of God. Say it. That's... So, yeah, I don't mean to be critical of what I see on Facebook, but no, that's the truth. Man, I was in Haiti, and it's like you know everybody's got their cameras out. I'm like, we're not here for public relations. That's right. And so, we're not doing it for our own gratification. It, it, mm-hmm. It's good to share, you know, what we're doing, I guess, and all that, but that can't be the motivation. It's it's really, well, like I said it earlier, if we're doing something and wanting it posted on Facebook, then we're mm-hmm. probably not doing it. Absolutely. For the right reasons, or to God's glory. That's right, and and in that in that moment when you are desiring that recognition and that you know gratification, you're making it about yourself. And right. as soon as that happens, you're you've lost your your whole point. You're, you're off base. Yeah. On that, just going off of that, how do we correctly create these relationships? You know, you you spoke about how very, very important it is to build these relationships. So how do we correctly create these relationships um, in our neighbors and in our communities? 
you know, very, very broadly, uh, we go, we go to them and we engage. Um, I suspect in the interest of time, I can't give too much of a reason as to how, but Mm -hmm. it just, we we go. Um, You know, I love coming to the church building. It's a safe place. It's a good place. Um, But the church building really houses the saved, and it's not necessarily missional. Mm-hmm. And so how do we create the relationships? It's just, it's it's an investment in time. And we can't be all places and all things. So I would encourage us to say, where does God, where do I find something that's somewhat invigorating and, and, and rewarding? Or maybe there's a family member that had a need at one time, and there's a particular need in the community. Um, and just find yourself able to immerse in that. You don't have to be all places for all people at all times. Uh, but uh, but <laughs> I remember one of, uh, one of the people on the missions committee, he said, you know, just go do something. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's your starting point right there. I, I st- I, you know, where, where do I begin? And it's just, well, I don't know, just do something. And I thought that was, that was really good. That was David Rain said that, and uh, it stuck with me. So... Uh, um, I mean, it doesn't get any simpler than that. Go and do. That's it, all you got to do. Just do something. God will right. point you in a different direction, and you'll know it, And but just just do something. And then uh, I know that the Spirit speaks through our passions and our desires and the, the things He places on our heart. So if you have just that quickening or that something that just you can't, you lose sleep over, that's very possibly... Or very definitely, the the spirit speaking to you, and to go and occupy that space and disciple. You know, if if it be, you know, drug and alcohol addiction, or just whatever you feel the spirit occupying your your mind with. Jordan, that can't be understated. I tell you what, yeah. If there's a if there's a calling, mm-hmm. um, you have got to respond to it. Yes. Um, you've got to, and uh, sometimes the Lord speaks in very quiet whispers, and so we have to listen. Mm-hmm. Sometimes He hits us up aside the head, but mm-hmm. however it happens, uh, respond to the calling and and go do. Mm. So, Mark, you've um, just by knowing you, you've walked through so many different situations with so many different people, and you've you've been that that person for them that has been just. Um, the hands and feet of Jesus for them. And so I know you've seen a lot of different situations. Um, So specifically, what would you speak to someone that is discipling to someone um, and you see their path that's filled with recidivism and relapse and just failures? Um, That can be a lot of discouragement and you can want to throw your hands up and say, this isn't worth it. How do you you speak to someone that, that is going through that? Um, yeah, that can be very, very discouraging. And, um, you're spreading the gospel and doing it, um, consistently and effectively, it can be very messy mm-hmm. and you can get setbacks. At the end of the day, people will make their own decisions mm-hmm. as to whether they're going to hold true to the word of God or not. And I would encourage folks not to be overcommitted to one person at the peril of somebody else. Wow, that's that's huge. And I think that's where Jesus was coming from when he said in Luke, um, 
in Luke 10, verse 10, you know, wipe the dust off your feet, mm-hmm. right? There's a time to move on, and that's that's sad. And, but God of War, that doesn't mean that, I mean, it just wasn't effective for you, but it doesn't mean that somebody else will come along and, and rescue that person. They'll, they'll, the gospel will be revealed to them elsewhere. But move on right. uh, to, to a place where you find the peace of the Lord, which, which is spoken to in verse 7 just before he talked about, you know, wiping the dust off your feet, and when, where Jesus says, stay, you know, mm-hmm. stay. If you find a village or a community that's, that's open to, to, uh, uh, to your word, then, uh, then stay, which is that word stay is, is kind of neat. That's the immersion, you know, hang around, live with them, eat, sleep. Play mm-hmm. with them. Um, I was uh, studying with a guy once, and uh, I thought he needed to know that he needs to change his life uh, if he's really committed to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so we studied the scripture on on where Jesus says, you know, if anyone comes after me, he must deny himself and pick up his cross and follow me daily. And I, I talked through that with him. That was one of our sessions. And I think that was the last conversation we had. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's troubled me um, thinking that I might have dissuaded him from the gospel. And it was discouraging. But, you know, it's not about me. It's not about anything that I can do. Um, but in that particular instance, uh, he made a choice and uh, didn't want to continue. Mm-hmm. So that's going to happen. But uh, as I said earlier, don't don't let uh, don't let an overabundance of focus in one area be at the expense of uh, of another area where the harvest is is ripe and and where the grounds are fertile. That's right. That's that's some really really good wisdom for us while while we're practicing practicing our faith. Um, for me, I just think about part. Personally, my my growth in my my missions and um, all the growth that I still have to do, and I think that I've had a fallacy that it's a three step process. You know, you you meet them, you read the Bible with them, and then they get baptized. And I think that linear equation is first of all not in the Bible, and second of all, not how people operate. It's not how I myself operate. So I think just understanding. First of all, that um, people are messy, I'm messy, and that going through the mess with people is part of it. And second of all, I find a lot of hope and encouragement in Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. He's prepared good works for these, these people that we're meeting, that we're discipling. Yes. He's not just pre- prepared them for myself. He's got, he's got this, like, I don't have to, you know, make it to the finish line with these people because God's already prepared the ending for them and the story. He's yeah. already, he's already got it in his hands. Yeah. Don't take too much upon ourselves. Absolutely. I mean, God's, God's greasing the skids and he's preparing. So that's right. well, we just need to be there. That's right. Yeah. That's just, good. I like that. Specifically, I want to get, just talk about our, our city of Jackson right now. Um, what are the specific needs that need to be met in the city of Jackson? You know, I think about um, literacy rates, incarceration rates, the homeless poverty rates, um, 
there's just there's a lot going on how do we insert ourselves as christians into these statistics that we see in our city first of all we live in the bible belt yes we do right and for us to go to uh, some homeless guys and start preaching the word of god is probably <laughs> is, is probably not really what they need they're just hungry and uh perhaps we should ask them you know tell us what you tell me what you know about jesus mm-hmm. i can probably learn a lot from you mm-hmm. <laughs> um so in our particular community uh, while some may know, not know about jesus and certainly they need we all need to uh, to enhance our study um i think we just need to find the oppressed mm-hmm. the oppressed who are the oppressed in our community and uh and and address them i've got a bracelet bracelet it's uh be liberté opprime it's a haitian creole for liberté is is liberty okay. it's free the oppressed wow and uh the gals made that when we were there and i pulled that bracelet out in preparation for this this discussion but that's what jesus said and uh in luke verse 4 he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim the captives. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. I think our most effective work here locally is to find the oppressed and to, through the Word of God, provide freedom. Mm. And, and so who does that look like, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Aspel, a men's um, drug and alcohol recovery center, mm-hmm. caught in the addiction mm-hmm. of, of drugs and, and alcohol, and they need to be freed from their their captivity, um, a woman who finds herself in an unplanned pregnancy, there's birth choice. What am I going to do? I feel terrible. Um, my life is in shambles. How do you show her the love of Jesus and 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 tell her you're first of all you're forgiven, Absolutely. and and you're going to be fine mm-hmm. if you lay claim to Jesus. I mentioned Women of Hope. I've seen, um, and theirs is a, a, it's it's not a heavily clinical treatment facility, but it's treatment in the name of Jesus, where they just say, let us, let us, let us show you that contrast against the drug and alcohol addiction that you found yourself in and give you and show you, and, and the, and the ladies there lay claim to it. And, uh, and so whether it's drug and alcohol addiction or pregnancy, there's uh, human trafficking right here in our own area. So Scarlet Rope and the work that's being done there and the many women and children mm-hmm. and even boys or men that are caught in that, find those oppressed and say, let me love up on you. Let me just love up on you. Mm-hmm. Let me be Jesus. And Jesus will shine through you. You don't even have to bring him up. Right. And we'll know there's no other reason except except for that 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 they're doing that. So whether it's those folks or the hungry or the oppressed, um, 
how do we insert ourselves is we we listen for where God might direct us, be it providing a means to an end. I'm going to support this financially, right. or I'm going to pray for the work that's being done mm -hmm. or for the people that are here that, God, you'll speak loudly to those that are gifted at being able to, to, to interact with these folks or actually going and, and doing. Um, giving is going. Praying is going. Yes. Going is going. Mm -hmm. And so it all depends on, on what, uh, how God calls you and, and what you, you are, are called to do. Mm -hmm. Again, just do something. Just do something. Go be Jesus. <laughs> right. That's right. It's a Go lot be of need. Jesus. It's a lot of need. Wow. <clears throat> That's, I mean, if if there's not something that we've said that hasn't, you know, inspired you yet to go be Jesus, I hope that's it. <laughs> I hope that you see your city of Jack, our city of Jackson, um, as a, a mission field now because it is. There's there's oppression happening right here that we can go step in and, like you said, go be Jesus to these people. Um, that's right, and and how do we make sure that the the church is is not the huddle, yes. uh, or is the kind of the huddle and the communities are a playing field? Mm -hmm. um, uh, I think we should hang a sign um, over our the entry uh, door as we actually leave, not as we come in, so it doesn't have to be exposed to the public. I think we should hang a sign over that door that says to us who have been in the building that says you are now entering the mission field That's right. church is not the mission field it's a place that we come together and we bless the lord and we worship him and we praise and yeah if there's some visitors or strangers or even the lost that come then boy we love up on them that's very convenient how good is that how cool is that but when we leave, that's really where our work begins. So let's hang a sign outside on the inside of the door that says, you're not leaving the, the mission field. Yeah. Um, and let's be intentional um, with matching our gifts that I mentioned earlier with the needs and, and find how do we assimilate in the community, not just assimilate into the family that meets here at Skyline. You know, should I be on the praise team or should I be on the mission committee or should I... Should I help with the, 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 the youth and the children's ministry? That's good. That's assimilation. Yes. But how do we assimilate into the community when we leave? And so yes. how, do you, how do you do that? Um, we need to figure that out. We need to be very intentional. We need to be very good at doing that. That's right. You've said that to me before about hanging the sign up that says um, uh, the mission. What would, you are now entering the mission that's field right. you are as now, we leave the building. Yes, I love that. <laughs> I love it because, I mean, I'm just going to speak honestly right now. It's really easy for me, and I, I know, you know, just the circles that I'm in, it's easy to love my church. It's mm -hmm. easy to love the people in Skyline and just love them big. Yeah. It's really easy for yeah. me and for others, like, Plugging into our churches is really easy, um, but plugging into maybe those uncomfortable conversations or the people, you know, that are oppressed, that's not easy a lot of the times, you know. So um, I think that can be kind of a, a calling for us to make sure that our church is the huddle. Those are the people that we gather strength from in order to go 
go. Yeah. Just go. <laughs> I, I believe my salvation is secure through the blood of Jesus. But the thought has also occurred to me if, or not, well, when I'm in heaven, if Jesus comes up and say, Mark, come here, I've got a question for you. Remember that scripture that you knew and you even talked about on one of those podcasts that time? <laughs> Where, <laughs> uh-huh. When I was thirsty or hungry, I want to have a decent answer. That's right. That's I want to say, verses. Jesus, you, you, you died. And the least I can do is get out of my comfort zone and, and give somebody a cup of cold water in the name in your name. Oh my. You know, I wanna be a, I wanna have an answer. I wanna I wanna have that conversation as opposed to I don't think it, heaven will have any guilt. Right. But I just wanna say, Yeah, that was awesome. Because those are the conversations that Jesus is gonna wanna be having because that's what he that's what he is, that's what he's about, that's what he's passionate about, is his people. Yeah. Um so yeah. I mean that that is that verse is just always been very convicting to it me. Is. It mean. is. It's so simple. It's, it's pretty. It's it's very. It's mm-hmm. we can understand it very easily. It's very convicting. Yeah. I'm gonna ask you a really simple question: Are we making disciples? And is our goal as Christians? Do you see that we um, that our goal is making disciples? Our goal is to plant seeds. Mm-hmm. Our goal is to plant seeds. Satan can use it against us if we're not seeing a bunch of baptisms or, or somebody's falling away after we've spent a lot of time with them. Yep. Our, our, our purpose is simply to bless the Lord and to share with others what he sacrificed his son to do. Amen. That's all we can do. Um, mm-hmm. He will provide the increase. We all know that scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, and that we have to immerse ourselves on their turf. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I want to make a comment also about life groups. Oh, yeah. Because um, I think the Lord would be pleased if we use that as a means for missions. Mm -hmm. It's a smaller group. It's not the building. It's neighbors. Mm -hmm. And so I want to challenge us to to find that opportunity to have somebody into our life group and to prep and equip our life group when they show up Mm -hmm. of how we... You know, mm-hmm. pivot a little bit towards wow. towards what what the Lord wants us to share to somebody who may be lost or just not familiar with mm-hmm. with the Christian way. Um, you talked about you know our our assignment is to plant seeds, and um, I think about that, and I think planting seeds to me most of the times looks like just honoring people well and in the name of Jesus, honoring them, showing up with them, and giving them honor um what does that look like how do you how do we honor the people that we that we are with does that look like maybe door knocking or maybe showing up in the bar and sitting next to um a a guy that you can see is struggling yeah i think it depends i think we honor people but we do it on their turf Mm -hmm. um i know door knocking campaigns were were very effective um today culturally and societally that that may be something that's people would be uncomfortable or uneasy about, or maybe it's not even necessary in our neighborhoods because people, to my earlier point, may know about Jesus. Sure. But yeah, I think I think finding that I mean Jesus did it right. He he interacted with the sinners. He went sure did. he went to the bar and 
he interacted uh, that way. And so... Yeah, he wasn't just interacting with them. He was a friend of the sinners. He was the ultimate friend of sinners. Yeah, good point. And so with whom do we hang? Are we in the world? Certainly not of the world. That's right. Um, If no, then how do we immerse ourselves into the world? How do we get in there so that that somebody can see that, um, wow, this person's different, and they have something that I don't, and mm-hmm. I might want that, and putting ourselves in that position is That's a good right. thing. They're, they're not going to be able to see the joy that you have that is, you know, different, that um, is because of Jesus if you're not next to them. Like, we're not we're not to be in a bubble. We're to be shining that light right. on, a, on the hill, you know? That's what the Bible says. That's right. Okay, I'm really excited about this question. Um <laughs> Talk to me about a Holy Spirit moment where you saw God provide in huge, meaningful ways, um, specific ways that you were praying for, for um, a neighbor or someone you were discipling. I'll try to do this without emotion. <laughs> <laughs> we welcome emotion on the podcast. Uh, well, okay. All right. Um, I mentioned Women of Hope earlier. Uh, Carolyn and, and, and I, our daughter Hannah, um, found herself in the trap of drug and alcohol addiction. And to see that happening as a parent is extremely painful. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult. And uh, it included a time where we just had to let go mm-hmm. and uh, trust that God was going to find a way that she would be rescued. And uh, and so there was a lot of prayer. And... Uh, a lot of prayer and a lot of trust and a lot of waiting and a lot of hurt and a lot of darkness, deep darkness. Mm-hmm. And uh, But the Holy Spirit did move. Um, somehow Hannah found herself at the Women of Hope, mm-hmm. and there were missionaries there that made it their life's work to address um, the need to help those that are caught in the trap of drug and alcohol addiction. And I said earlier that they take a minimally clinical approach to recovery. It's recovery in the name of Jesus. And mm-hmm. so I'd go into the, that, that um, into their worship um, or into some of their programs or prayer meetings or, or whatever, and it was powerful how how we would feel the power of the Holy Spirit working big time on behalf of of our daughter and the other women that were there. And, uh, you know, right now, through the power of the Holy Spirit, those prayers were answered. Our daughters um, recovered, and uh, the fight's on a daily basis against the forces of evil that want her back. But... Uh, Hannah's Hannah's good, and she's laid claim. I want to give one other story, though. It's it, nothing that I prayed about. When we were in Haiti, one of the most spiritual men that I, I knew, um, and he was a preacher, self-taught, read the Bible, um, endowed heavily by the Holy Spirit, uh, Pastor Sargess. Sargess means sage, so he's a very wise man. Um, uh, and I'll preface this story by saying sometimes the Holy Spirit works when we didn't necessarily pray for his intervention. That's right. Um, but he just works. And that's what happened in this night uh, where Pastor Sargess was in bed. 
He was woken up, and he was moved to go to the next village down. He did, went to the house that the Lord called him to and found a voodoo priest there, um, basically extorting the family who had a child in the, in the house who was very ill, and the voodoo priest tried to heal her, and they said, and it didn't work. And so he said, well, you need to pay me more money, yeah. and I'll exert more power, and your daughter will be healed. Well, that's about the time Pastor Sargesh shows up, and he's like, I want to go see, I'm, I've been, I'm here, I need to go see this girl. And somehow the voodoo priest and his minions, you know, were outside of the room. And uh, this girl was healed in the name of Jesus. Well, Pastor Sargess walks out. And obviously, the voodoo priest and, and his companions there were not amused because their source of income. <laughs> <laughs> he just and cost them a lot of money. Just cost them a lot of money and, and healed in a way other than, you know, uh-huh. Satan, uh-huh. Uh, which Satan doesn't heal, obviously. But uh, and mm-hmm. Pastor Sargess's response, as he tells the story in one of his sermons, um, and he told it, he told it the Sunday after it happened, just kind of a matter of fact, guess what happened to me this week? Mm-hmm. Um, you probably never told the story since because many things have happened since then. He's that, that type of spiritual thing going on. Mm-hmm. But the voodoo priest was very upset with him, and, and Pastor Sargess, he said, hey, it's not my fault. <laughs> he said, don't blame me. It's the power of the Holy Spirit working That's in right. me. You know? And yeah. I was like, so my point is, is that, yes, I've seen things that, uh, that have happened um, through deep, prayerful um, request for intervention, but I've also seen it where God just says, okay, get up. That's right. And uh, so Holy Spirit can work whether we're asking him to or not. That's right. Sometimes <laughs> it's get up and go, and sometimes you have to pray and, you know, have that supplication, and then you get the go. Right. Um, I mean, man, that praise God for both of those stories. It's neat. And that, <laughs> God is good. In God. In he kind. That's great. Yep. I know... Yearly, there's a special missions contribution that Skyline um, takes up every year. Tell yes. me about that. Tell me um, what those um, what that looks like for Skyline. Um, it's an opportunity for those, um, especially with the gift of generosity, mm-hmm. and for all of us uh, to pers- participate financially in the work um, uh, to be done regarding missions. I, I mentioned earlier that everything requires you know, financial involvement. And so, yeah, once a year, I think this year it's December the 12th of 2021, okay. uh, we'll take up a special missions contribution. And uh, the family here has been very generous. Um, I think 10 years, there's less than $100,000 given towards that, which is a huge number. Mm-hmm. But since then, um, we've had contributions well above $150,000, mm, which is a big chunk of change to go out and, and do. And so how are you stewardly uh, with those funds? And that's the purpose of the missions committee. And okay. uh, that group meets on a regular basis to decide how those funds are disseminated mm-hmm. um, and uh, how the Lord will best be served. Um, and... Uh, and so that's really the purpose of that special missions uh, committee. Okay. Um, we mentioned earlier that Carolyn and I were on that committee. And when we were there, we did a lot. For a couple of years, we, we studied the Bible and we, um, we prayed. 
we read books. There's, I mentioned earlier, Toxic Charity. We read When Helping Hurts, all in an attempt to say, how can we be effective in how we disseminate the funds that God gifts us with? And we came up with 10 guidelines for disbursement. And I thought they were pretty cool. Yeah. Um, everything from saying that we want to make sure that the gospel of Jesus Christ is being taught, the premise is go, we've talked about that, that the premise of go is being met. There's an attitude of servitude, that the motive is love, that there's a sense of urgency, that the work is being guided through the Holy Spirit, through prayer, we've talked about that, um, that the talents and gifts are used as God has provided, um, that the money is truly needed, that it'll foster empowerment, development, and sustainability, and not risk offending, dependency, enablement, or entitlement. That's kind of taken from both of these books, Toxic Charity and When Helping Hurts. Sometimes we give people stuff mm -hmm. and it enables. So we need to be careful to avoid that. Mm -hmm. um, and lastly, that the work is immersive and self-sacrificing and therefore the impact extends beyond the monetary amount spent. It's a parable of the talents, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so... I, yeah, I would encourage everybody to prayerfully consider how you might want to participate in that special mission contribution Sunday, mm -hmm. um, and uh, and then pray that uh, the funds are disseminated to God's glory, mm -hmm. um, and that uh, people um, find Jesus or reconnect with Jesus if they've fallen away, or are rescued from what Satan is is fighting desperately toward through the spiritual battles um, and something that missions is intended to fight against and, uh, and provide hope mm -hmm. to those that may not otherwise see it. Let's be good ambassadors to, uh, uh, to the Word of God. Let's please Him. Let's have a conversation. Let's, let's have something to talk about when we get to heaven. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Let's have those big conversations yeah. with Jesus. Yeah. Wow. I, I just, this has been just so convicting and I just hope and I pray that this conversation will be mobilizing for all those that hear it here um, at, at our church. I am just so inspired by the the work of the Holy Spirit that it is happening here at Skyline um, as, as we go and just try to be Jesus and um I hope that that's happening in radical ways in the future, and I know that the Holy Spirit is moving, um, and I am excited to see the future um, of the missions. Mark, um, I would love for you to just close us out in a prayer as we finish this up. I'd love to. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you, and Father, we do so um, aware um, of why we're here. Um, and what our purpose is, and that is for the sole purpose to bless and to glorify you. That is our purpose. And uh, Father, reveal to us how we do that. Reveal to us that uh, you sent your Son, Jesus Christ, and then you empowered us with the Holy Spirit to go and to do and to, um, to demonstrate to others the sacrifice of Jesus and to draw them to you. 
So, Father, empower us, equip us, enable us, Father, to, to be your hands and feet. Uh, Father, whether it comes about in a whisper or in a loud voice, cause us, dear God, to, uh, to see what it is you want and then to act upon it, Father, to go and to do. And, Father, always do it to your glory and not ours. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us as we seek to know more of God's purpose for our lives. The Life on Purpose podcast is brought to you by Skyline Church of Christ in Jackson, Tennessee. Visit SkylineChurch.com to learn more of what God is doing in our lives. Thanks for listening.